This episode of the Future Cities podcast is proudly supported by WSP Opus, creating what matters for future generations. In this episode of the WSP Opus Future Cities podcast, WSP Director of Water Global Peter Mathewson discusses the challenges that overpopulation is causing for New Zealand's water quality, why so many rivers and beaches were deemed unsafe to swim last summer, plus some exciting innovations coming straight out of New Zealand. Peter also shares, if you were going to find the best glass of water in New Zealand, where would you find it? My name is Will Fleming, I'm your host for the podcast. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Yeah, uh, Peter Mathewson, uh, I'm the Director of Water for New Zealand Business. Uh, I've also got a, a global role with uh, WSP, uh, which is uh, a global water lead um, across, across the world. So quite, quite a cool piece of work, looking to um, uh, join all the respective uh, water folk up across the, 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 the planet and uh, to get them all thinking uh, collectively about uh, what can we do for our clients to, uh, uh, to improve their lives uh, from a water perspective. Most of us just drink water and swim in it. Why do you think about it? What drew you to water? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> uh, what drew me to water? Um, interesting, actually. I think um, when you th- when you think about the challenges that exist in the in the in the in the that the world faces actually, and, and New Zealand a part of that obviously, uh, then we have got some of our major challenges in, in, the, in the water space. Uh, and there's a whole series of reasons for that. One is, one is that we have uh, we have an aged infrastructure, so we, most of the, that reticulation pipe network which, which resides in the ground, whether it be water treatment plants or pump stations, uh, a lot of that's actually getting pretty aged. And, uh, and we're looking to build uh, more people in the city, so greater urbanisation, those put greater pressure on pipe networks. So there's some real issues in around that as the world grows. Uh, there's, some, there's some real issues in terms of the regulation of water as well too, uh, in terms of how that, how that works. There are some major issues in terms of the, um, the uh, capacity uh, to deliver water, good potable water, to, to folk around the world. And if you think about some of the um, uh, effects of, of climate change where we're going to have uh, longer drier periods, we're going to have less and more intense rainfalls uh, and sea level rise and the likes as well too. There's, there's, there, is a, there is a host of issues uh, which uh, will, will, will burden us for many years to come and, and huge challenges for us. So providing enough potable water to, to the folk to drink as, as the as, uh, population grows uh, and making sure that in fact that we're, we're, we're protecting people in terms of the flood risk management and, and um, stormwater events which are going to be more likely and greater runoff and, and coast, coastal erosion, those sort of things. So water is actually really quite complex and it's got some fantastic challenges. So what, what drew me to water? I suspect this the challenge of it all, I guess. Can we talk a little bit about that, uh, you know, a glass of water, everyone thinks in New Zealand is, you know, crisp and clean and green and all this kind of stuff. I mean, is that the case? So you go as far as you want with that. Like, how, how are we doing? How's our water? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting in New Zealand. Um, I mean, we've got our brand, which is 100% pure. Uh, we're, a little, we're a little way short of that, I suspect. And that um, if uh, you're quite right, you, you pour a glass of water out of a tap in New Zealand, you, you naturally expect it to be uh, of, of high quality. Go to other countries, then, then you, you, you'd said, no, just drink bottled water. You'd never expect that to occur in New Zealand, would you? 
Uh, but the reality is we have got some quite variable quality of water uh, within the country and, and for a whole series of reasons. Uh, there is some real pressure on uh, a lot of our key clients to, um, uh, I guess, in terms of um, uh, funding streams and capital expenditure uh, required to, uh, to upgrade some plants. We're getting a higher degree of, of, uh, of uh, contamination occurring within groundwater supplies as well too, uh, for a whole series of reasons, because we've cha changed some of our farming techniques and, and the percolation into groundwater systems is, has upset our balances a little bit from, from what we've had before in the past. And I think if you think about you know, some of the best water in the world in the past through the Canterbury Plains, when you have 200 years for a drop to come out of the Southern Alps before it comes out of a tap in Christchurch. So it's a fair, fair, good, fairly good filtration system there. Um, that, that we're having uh, a few issues uh, with regard to some, some of the farming techniques and the likes as well too in terms of how we're getting contaminants into our water supply. So there's, there's some real challenges there. So. Um, uh, there is some reform going on, uh, so the Department of Internal Affairs is, is leading a piece of work for government to, to, to look at that on the, on the back of the Havelock North uh, inquiry. Um, and they're looking not only to look at the, sorry, to, to review the, the way that potable water or drinking water is, is regulated, but also in terms of wastewater discharge, and we've got some issues in terms of how there is some variability um, uh, in terms of the quality of the, of the wastewater once it's been treated been discharged into the sea, into rivers, and into land, and, and that needs to be improved. Uh, and there's also some challenges, obviously, in terms of greater stormwater runoff and our need to protect people from, from flood events. So the Department of Internal Affairs are, are covering all those three bases. It's a massive piece of work, um, which, is, which is currently underway at the moment. Look, it sounds like there's a lot of multiple things going on, and it's not an easy solution. But what are you and the team finding as some small wins? I mean, you know, for example, in the plastic space of, uh, you know, the environment, we've seen the encouragement to less plastic in the stores. Is there something that um, people are doing or farmers are doing or some small wins in technology? that are actually improving, not fixing, but improving. Most New Zealanders, I guess, have a, have a, a desire to, uh, to do the right thing. So, so I don't think there's people out there who are flagrantly um, um, uh, disobeying the rules or the regulations, if you like, or, or um, knowingly having poor practice in place, which, is, which, which impacts, I guess, our water supply systems or our wastewater treatment and those things as well, as well too. So I think most people want to do the right thing. Um, <clears throat> if you think about river qualities and lake qualities, and there's been there's been a, um, a bit of work in the press in more recent times, particularly over Christmas, we're uh, talking about our, our lack of swimmability or, or the ability to have good quality water to be able to swim in. So we naturally, you'd expect the kids to go down to the local river and have a dip and things, and that was fine. But all of a sudden, well, hang on a minute, that's changed a little bit now. Uh, <clears throat> interesting article in the, in the, in the paper over the, over the holidays as well, too, in terms of the, uh, the lack of uh, quality water in, in, in around the Auckland beaches, with a lot of those beaches closed for periods of time during summer for a whole series of reasons, and that's stormwater overflows, and do we need to treat those? Um, in some cases, wastewater uh, in times of flood events getting into stormwater systems and flooding out the beaches and the likes as well too. Uh, in, a, in a rural setting, we have the issue where in fact, um, with a greater intensification of farming, we've got the likes of a lot of nitrates and um, uh, running off, off land into, into riverways and changing 
um, um, just, the, just the natural biology of the, of the streams and, and nitrification of lakes and things, which is, which is just reducing our quality. So I think there's, um, uh, there's a lot of people thinking about that. I mean, uh, uh, Watercare here have, have got some big programs of work in terms of some of their interceptor works to capture stormwater, to treat that better, to improve the, improve the water quality in the harbour and, and local beaches. That's great. It's a very good initiative. Um, and it's not their fault, it's just the fact we've got urbanisation, we've got more, more hard services, there's more runoff, less percolation into the ground, so those, those things, I guess, um, um, we're on the, on the back foot trying to fix some of those issues. But, uh, but I, think, I think the right things have been done. From a, from a rural sense, I think a lot of farmers also take a very positive step in terms of, in terms of retiring land close to the waterways and, and planting out with natives, uh, and, uh, and there's a drive in certain areas to put more wetlands in place, and wetlands the ability to be able to, to take your water through a, uh, a, a biological change, if you like, prior to release into, into rivers. So, so I think people have got want to do the right thing, it's just uh, we need to determine what the priorities are. Yeah, because it's not just on the authorities to find the solution, right? Like part of it is people being clumped together in small spaces and that's what we want. You know, we want the latest technology to have our milk delivered on time and cold and fresh, but that all comes at a cost, doesn't it? It does, unfortunately. It, look, I'd, I'd have a different view as well too. I think that um, uh, one of the things that we should be thinking about in New Zealand is actually about how do we, how do we um, uh, anticipate people. We have, uh, we have um, our, our population grows at a rate of, of an extra person every five and a half minutes. It's on the radio last night, and uh, so they're talking about um, uh, five million people potentially by the end of this year. Um, in my book, the last thing we want to do is concentrate them into Auckland and Wellington, Hamilton, Christchurch, and we've got we've got fantastic facilities. Um, uh, and amenity that exist in regional New Zealand. So um, why would we not be pushing the growth of Omaru or Timaru or Westport or Invercargill? I mean, uh, we've got infrastructure there. We've got um, all the necessary requirements for people to grow up and have fantastic lives, and uh, we just need to encourage employment in those areas. So I'm a, I'm a great believer in terms of um, <clears throat> regionalisation as opposed to centralisation. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, we've talked a little bit about there's a bit of tension between different areas and and do you feel like the national conversation is, is, is there a spot where people can communicate about this stuff? I mean, you don't want to put people under the pump and blame them, but we still need to be talking about the hard stuff, right? And is there a way that WSP Opus and you and the team are making sure that you're having the hard conversation? I think um, just the nature of our business, we're, we're, we're a highly distributed business across, across New Zealand. So we have 19 regional offices, uh, so we're in every major town. Um, <clears throat> very much a global business, so, so very much locally founded, uh, but with a global reach. And so that's, um, so the local foundation, I think, gives us a heart and, 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 a, and, a, and a greater sense of touch point with, with local communities. We've been there forever, 148 years, 149 years just this year, actually. Fantastic. Uh, so we understand local need and things. Uh, and we do have very close connections with, with uh, many of the local authorities, uh, particularly in the, in the, in the smaller centres around New Zealand. Um, and so we, we would uh, have some, um, some good conversations with a lot of those folk in terms of uh, our beliefs and, and, and indeed trying to support regional development uh, within New Zealand. I just thought of a good name for you, Aquaman. But we don't have to add that in. Um, as long as it's not Water Boy. <laughs> Love it. Okay, this one isn't planned, but I'll ask it anyway. 
if you had to pick the best place in New Zealand to get a glass of water, where would you get it from? Oh, good question. Um, I would probably um, hop in a boat uh, and uh, probably motor probably, I don't know, uh, 500 metres offshore in the Milford Sound and get out of, out of Dalford Sound, because the water there is some of the purest in the world. <clears throat> A little known fact is many, many years ago, um, the government looked at exporting uh, the water from Milford Sound and selling it overseas. Um, so I was, I was involved with a piece of work in 1976, 77, looking at uh, investigating that uh, for, the, for the government. Okay, our final question is just you know, bringing it back to WSP Opus, what's one project or something um, that you'd just like to you know, share with people who maybe haven't, haven't thought about where their water comes from or how clean it is? Or just like a win from you know, one of the projects you've worked on. Yeah, look, I think um, uh, we're involved across the broad spectrum of the water industry, so whether it be in the, in the water, water or wastewater treatment areas across all of the uh, reticulation networks and, and pump stations and the likes, um, <clears throat> doing a lot of work in the water resources area in terms of lake quality and river quality, coastal erosion, those sort of things, stormwater management, and also in the primary industries area, so a lot of irrigation work and things as well too. So that's, uh, um, asset management, I guess, is a key part. I guess if it comes back as a base in terms of what we've, we've as a foundation of our business, uh, so providing support into local authorities and any clients, thinking about um, uh, good whole-of-life solutions for their assets and, and getting the highest level of service for best possible cost is really cool stuff. Um, I guess what really excites a lot of people in the, in the, in the, in the business is um, we've got a... Um, a strong emphasis on innovation, and um, we've done some we've done some pretty cool stuff uh, in the in the water space across a lot of sectors. Um, one piece of work we've been involved with for uh, probably about eight years or so now is with the University of British Columbia, which is looking to uh, treat the vast volumes of sludge that come off wastewater treatment, and looking to uh, recycle the water uh, from that, and also to extract nutrients. So that's a a cool piece of work which could really revolutionise uh, wastewater treatment. So it's nice to be involved. Uh, with, with some of that stuff because it's really about improving the quality of people's lives in the future and, and, and creating what matters for future generations is what we're all about. That's, that's, that's our mantra within the business. Um, but also some other really cool innovative stuff uh, we're doing at the moment looking at uh, nitrate sensors to <clears throat> which you can, you can put in a, in a farmer's paddock basically to understand what is the nitrate flow that's going off their paddocks and, and, and what the impact it might actually have in, in waterways. A whole range of different innovations, it's, it's quite cool stuff. This episode of the Future Cities podcast is proudly supported by WSP Opus, creating what matters for future generations.